contempt, whistleblowers, and Wall Street. Today, you learn just how far the scumbags on Wall Street will go to line their own pockets at your expense, and it's disgusting. Get ready for more evidence that the men and women of big finance absolutely loathe you. I'm Brian Ellis. This is episode 138. You're listening to Self-Directed Investor Radio, America's only podcast exclusively for affluent, self-directed investors, where each day of the week you receive innovative investment strategy and deadly accurate market analysis that's untainted by Wall Street and unblemished by government propaganda, all in seven minutes or less. Coming to you now from iTunes, Stitcher, and SDIRadio.com, here's your host, Brian Ellis. Hello, SDI Nation. Welcome to the podcast of record for savvy, self-directed investors like you. Today, you hear a story that's disgusting but very illustrative. I hope you'll not just take this story as an anecdote but as a motivator to action because, my friends, though this story is about the contempt that drives one single person, if he gets what he wants, it will have a very direct and very negative impact on millions of people, quite certainly many, many of you. Today's story is one of contempt and greed. Allow me to set the stage. Back in 2006, Congress authorized the creation of a whistleblower office within the IRS. The idea was simple, to motivate people to identify others thought to be engaged in tax fraud with the motivation of receiving a percentage of the taxes collected as a result. Yep, a formal snitching program. Classy, huh? But the IRS was really only after the big fish because the reward only applies if there's potential for collecting more than $2 million. And like everything else the government does, this program is wildly inefficient. For example, in 2012, 8,634 people snitched on their employers, their competitors, their neighbors, their friends. How many of those cases resulted in collecting $2 million or more? 12. Yep, 12. Not even 1% of the cases reported by snitches resulted in in achieving the objective of the program. Barely 1% of 1% even. Yes, the IRS whistleblower program connects to Wall Street's loathing for you. Hang with me. Another piece of this tale is the mutual fund company Vanguard. This is where the story will connect to many of you, my dear listeners. Vanguard is a very highly reputable mutual fund company that has achieved some impressive operational efficiencies. As a result, the fees they charge their clients of mutual funds are far less than their competitors. In fact, their average expense ratio is, depending on whose stats you're looking at, somewhere between 60 and 85% less than the industry average. And despite this, their mutual funds are competitive in terms of returns. As a result, Vanguard has become a very large company and is a favorite of individual investors who want to keep their expenses low. So what's the problem? A guy named David Dannon used to work for Vanguard. Dannon is a lawyer, and Dannon chose to use the information to which he had access while acting as a lawyer for Vanguard to report them to the IRS for underpayment of taxes. I want that to sink in for just a moment. Let's set aside for a moment whether Vanguard actually underpaid taxes. I want you to focus on the fact that Dannon, an attorney for Vanguard who continued to work for them while he was preparing this whistleblower claim, an attorney who is bound by attorney-client confidentiality, nevertheless reported his client to the IRS, not out of the goodness of his heart, but because he expects to be paid a percentage of the revenue the IRS may attempt to collect. That, my friends, is disgusting. But why does Dannon allege an underpayment of taxes? This gets to the point of contempt for you. As in all lawsuits, the devil is in the details, but in this one specifically, the general idea is this. Dannon alleges that because Vanguard charges lower fees to its clients than its competitors, that it therefore made less profit than it should have made. And therefore, Dannon suggests Vanguard should be taxed on the fees it should have charged. That's right, folks. Vanguard is being accused of being a tax cheat essentially because they could have made more profit than they actually did. 
They didn't rip you off like all of their competitors. And this guy, Dannon, a Wall Street guy, wants them to pay for it. And if he wins in this effort, Vanguard will pay. But more importantly, you will pay. The bottom line, this guy, Dannon, a Wall Street insider to be sure, is doing just the same as his industry does, putting his own interests far ahead of that of clients like you. This is not a small issue. My reading of this situation suggests that there's a tax bill of nearly $35 billion at stake for Vanguard should they lose. And who will pay that? You. And not just you if you're a Vanguard customer, you if you're invested in Wall Street at all, because after Vanguard's low pricing model goes away because of this, there won't be any competitive restraint to higher fees from their competitors. At the end of the day, the real issue is confiscatory taxation that's weaponized against taxpayers in the form of a whistleblower program that has proven to be astoundingly inefficient. But you can't do too much about that other than by voting for politicians who believe correctly that taxes are far too high. But what you can do, what you should do, is stop just thinking about getting out of Wall Street and into some other asset class that makes sense. You actually need to take action on this. To that end, I've got some great news. In the coming week, I'll have a lot more to share with you about some truly worthwhile assets, some very attractive cash-flowing rental properties that you can purchase in strong markets with guaranteed rental income, built-in property management, and at below retail pricing. We're at an advanced stage in working to acquire a great portfolio of cash-producing rental property, and I've got to tell you, this one's exciting. If you're considering purchase of rental property in the near future, or particularly if you're seriously considering another property right this moment, I respectfully suggest you consider waiting until next week when you hear what I have to share with you. You'll be very, very glad you did. I'll announce more about that on this show when the details are confirmed. But as always, the best way to make sure you get the most timely notice of great opportunities is to be on my Top Picks notification list. To get on that list at no cost, just text the word Top Picks with no spaces to 33444. Again, text the word Top Picks to 33444. It's spelled T-O-P-P-I-C-K-S with no spaces. Well, my friends, I'm off to spend a day with my daughter at a college interview she's been invited to attend. I hope you have a great weekend, and be sure to join me on Monday, because on that day, I'm going to tell you about that magical world of hedge funds and private placements that have historically been exclusively the the domain of the very wealthy. But I'll show you how you can get access to that world as well, even if you're not exactly Bill Gates. But the only way to get that information for sure is to subscribe to this show on iTunes or Stitcher at absolutely no cost. So be sure to do that right now. In the meantime, folks, invest wisely today and live well forever. Thank you for listening to Self-Directed Investor Radio with Brian Ellis. Don't miss a single episode. Be sure to subscribe to Self-Directed Investor Radio right now on iTunes, on Stitcher, and at sdiradio.com. Your feedback is always welcomed via email at feedback at sdiradio.com. This show is for entertainment purposes only and is not intended as legal or professional advice for your situation. Content is the property of the Self-Directed Investor Society. 